Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Host the Whole Podcast. I'm your host, Born Leader. Um, it's great to be back. Great to have you with us. Another edition, another episode. Um, Host the Whole Podcast. We've been going for um, about a year now, and and we hope that you have we have added value to you. We have shared something on here that was insightful, that was um, helpful in you navigating through life and understanding more about the truth, the truth of life, the truth about the Lord, the truth about purpose, the truth about identity. This is what it's all about. So I'm excited today because I have an awesome guest that I'm very excited to speak with. Um, she is... She's a daughter of the most high, right? Um, I, I figured I'd start there. She's many things, but, but let's just start <laughs> at the core, right? Because that's what this podcast is. We kind of take things back to the core, to the root, and find out the why of life. So at her core, she's a daughter of the most high, but she's a wife. She's a, a mother of three, mm -hmm. um, a teacher. She homeschools her children, which is just like, a blessing and outstanding <laughs> in and of itself. Um, she's an entrepreneur. She's an author, a writer, a blogger. I mean, you know, she's she's just a powerhouse that the Lord is using in tremendous ways um, in these days and times. I'm excited to talk to her. Uh, welcome to host the whole Wendy Cunningham. Uh, how you doing, Wendy? I'm doing great. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> I try to I try to get better. I try to get better every time. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. Those are all the things. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So um from you know reading some of your bio, your background, of course, you have a wonderful testimony of of just the power of the Lord, that his grace, his mercy, his love. Um, he's taken you from atheist to now Christian, a follower of him, right? Um, yes. And so that's what I want to dive into. Um, so let's really get into that. And if we have time, we could maybe dive into some other things, but um, but let's kind of start with that. Yeah. So um, please, like, share your background, you know, share some of your journey how did you go from atheist to Christianity? Yeah, that's a loaded question there because it sure. is <laughs> it is a journey like we were just chatting about uh, briefly before we got on. It, it is a process. And just to kind of give some context leading into the story, you know, I think we throw around the term atheism often now and it can mean a lot of things, but what it what it means as a definition and what it means in my context is does not believe in the possibility of a God. So not I used to believe in God and now I don't because I'm rejecting him or even that has a an acknowledgement of God. And I had no acknowledgement of God. And that is because I, I call myself a third generation atheist. And I don't know if it was maybe four or five or six or 10. I only know my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, who was like the, you know, the rock of our family. She did not believe. And then of course, my mother never really went and investigated for herself. How, how would she or why would she? So she didn't believe. And then here I am, I'm so far removed 
that I never even thought twice about it. And that's kind of where we begin because when my husband, my now husband, when I started dating him, he asked me some of these questions because he was a Christian, which I did not pick up on the fact that he was a Christian. We probably would not have dated (laughs) (laughs) had I known right out of the gate, which I should now looking back, I'm like, of course I was attracted to this person. He was everything a Christian ought to be Mm. right. He was, he was kind and honest and loyal and, and trustworthy and, you know, just all of these things that sometimes Christians are not right. That's true. And, uh, but he did that well and he never, it was, you know, he, it was a part of who he was, but it wasn't, he wasn't going to church at the time. So I missed it. I missed it. But as we got into our relationship, he started to ask, well, why don't you believe, you know? And, and of course I'm like, I want to say things. And I did say things like, because it's ridiculous. Like who would believe in this like fear, fairy tale God in the sky that has all this power and blah, 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 all the cliche things, you know? But I realized as I was answering his questions, I have terrible answers to these questions. <laughs> like wow. these are very surface defensive emotional rhetoric question, you know, answers that I have. And it became apparent to me, I don't believe because no one I know believes, but that doesn't mean I'm correct. It, Mm. it just is a reason why I don't believe I've never at that point, the only time I stepped foot in a church was for one distant relative's wedding. Like, otherwise I had never heard the creation story. I, you know, I mean, you don't learn that in public school. No. at all if your parents are not teaching you and if you're not in church you don't get that story you know so I'm hearing bits and pieces of like some guy on a boat with a bunch of animals and like parting the Red Sea like whoever did that you know I'm I caught some <laughs> very loose pieces of the you know I knew there was a guy named Jesus and he claimed to be the son of God and I was like well I think he was a liar you know <laughs> It was really easy for me to just deflect and never investigate any of it until my husband was really pushing on me to, and I say he was really pushing on me. That's not even true. He was very gentle. He was very kind. He was curious. He had no, no agenda. He would, I never, ever felt like I was being evangelized. I never felt like he's, he was judging me or, um, I mean, I knew he thought I was wrong because obviously he believed he was correct and we believed very different things, but he wasn't, he never threw it in my face. Like you're just wrong or you're an idiot or nothing. He was very gentle and kind, but because I felt like I had dumb answers, but I also was very confident I was right because, you know, I'm a human. I (laughs) I was willing to investigate further on the premise of I'm going to prove him wrong and that I'm right. This is going to be really easy for me to just get a little bit more depth to my understanding. And then I'll be able to debate him really well. And I'll feel really good about it myself, you know, and gosh, isn't that funny how the Lord works? Because I did not go on a search for God because I thought he was real. I went on a search for God because I thought for sure he wasn't. And You were trying to disprove him, right? I was, I was. And my, I mean, my heart posture was, was correct in that I was searching for what was true. And that is something that my husband recognized right away that yes, I wanted to be right, 
but more than wanting to be right, I wanted to know what was true. Hmm. And so he felt, and I agree with him now, 10 years into my, or almost 11 years into my faith walk, our job as Christians is not to provide a perfect PowerPoint presentation of exactly why God is real and all the things. Our job as Christians is to send people on the search for truth. And Holy Spirit's job is to do the revelation. And that is most certainly how my journey unfolded. It was years. It was not one conversation, one day, one week, one argument. It was many of those things, lots of time. And if I'm being honest, it's a little bit devastating to realize you're wrong and not just a little wrong, but like really wrong. And what that means in every area of your life, you know, like my grandmother, who was my whole world had already passed away. So now I'm having to confront, what does this mean for her? If I'm, if I believe this, like if I cross over this line, what does that mean for people I love in my life? What does this mean for my mom, for my sister, for my cousin, for my family? Oh, it was just really heavy. And I felt, um, a resistance because of what I knew it would mean to fully go there, you know? So it was, it wasn't, you know, they say this is the good news of Christ. Of course it is, but it, it didn't feel like good news at the time. It felt mm. like complicated stuff. And yeah. I knew I had to like rethink all my thoughts. <laughs> I had to go back and, and, okay, if this is true, what do I think about that? And, you know, it was just very, it was a lot. And because I had never known any of this, I didn't know the Bible at all. So that was a whole nother piece. And, and my true first conversion was to theism. I, I was able to get to a place where, okay, there's a God. I believe there's a God. I was created by this God. And I kind of just threw Jesus in there because I'm like, God says, Jesus is my son and you have to get to me through him. So I was like, okay, I'm in on that. But I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about Jesus. So then there was a secondary revelation of like, who is this person of Jesus? And then what does the Bible tell me about all this? And and how accurate and historical is the Bible? And, and once you start to ask those questions, mm. then your faith is just becomes so tangible. It becomes just so, you know, influences every part of your life when you realize this is not shaky stuff. This is firm foundation. You know, this That's is right. good stuff. So there you go. That's my long-winded um, answer to your question. <laughs> no, that was perfect. That was, that was so just, that was amazing how you just outlined everything and, and went through it. That was amazing. Um, you know what? So I was reading, I think I was reading on your blog, um, I went to your website and just was kind of mm -hmm. reading your about section on there. And um, one of the things that I liked, you said that um, I think you were in like the laundry room, you were washing clothes or mm. doing something with clothes. And then you felt, you know, um, at that moment, like you felt, you know, the spirit and you felt like you felt it and, and like everything was tangible and like you, you can feel his presence, you knew. And at that point, it's like, okay, yeah, he is real. You no know what I mean? Back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just um, share a little bit about that experience and, and what that was and what happened. Yeah. So 
I, I love to share this story. However, I will preface it for anyone who's listening that maybe isn't quite there yet. Maybe you're searching, you're on the fence about this faith thing, or maybe you were a believer and now you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Stories that I, like this I'm about to share, they're for me. Like this is for me. This was my revelation of the truth. And it's meant to just encourage you that this is a possible thing that you can be sure that you can have an experience like this. But I realized that until it's real for you, it isn't real for you. But mm-hmm. with that said, my husband, because we he did marry me before I was a believer, which is not, you're not supposed to do that, but he right. did because he knew I was searching for truth. He could tell I was on the pursuit. And and if you're searching for truth, there's only one truth. You will find it. So he was confident that God was going to meet him there. So we were married and I was actually pregnant with our first child. So this is, you know, several years, maybe four years into my, my search for the truth, if you will. And my husband kept telling me, God does not want to be hidden from you. He wants to be known by you. It's this is not like some elaborate game that you're trying to put all the clues together and then God will pop out. You know, it's like he's there waiting for you to soften enough to experience him. And that that crossing of the the divide is prayer. Now, if Mm. you (laughs) have never prayed or don't know about prayer, that all felt real silly. Now, I could listen as somebody else prayed I could close my eyes and listen to what they were saying but I'm like what do you how do you pray like what do you even do you know you just close your eyes like is there a posture and he was like just how you're talking to me right now talk to God just like that you know and so husband is yeah let me just stop you for one second because you know uh like this is your story this is your testimony but i want to just stop and give props and shout out to your husband because oh yeah i mean you know just from from what you're describing he's a you know he is a kind gentle yeah. you know patient man who who was um you know the epitome of an example right yes. of of a believer and how one ought to um you know walk and evangelize and just whatever yeah. right you know so i just wanted just to stop you for a second to acknowledge him uh thank the lord for your husband Amen. you know you know for putting y'all two together him helping you along the way i mean yeah so a kind gentle awesome man so totally your husband <laughs> he's great he would hate that and he would say <laughs> he would say no 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 it's holy spirit in me i didn't do it i was right he thinks you know he thinks he was not leading well because he was not taking me to church. You know, he, he himself didn't feel like he was walking very well with the Lord at that time. You know, your early twenties, he was just like, you know, still in the rebellious spirit, but he knew what he knew was true. Like there was no question of is God real. And he just felt like I, he wasn't walking it out the way he should have been then, but I'm like, babe, you did the, you did it though. You know? So he, he always wants me to throw the disclaimer in because he's like, I, I get too much credit. So he was encouraging me to pray and, and, you know, I did, I tried. And the way I describe it in my book, I wrote a book about this process and this journey um, was it felt like when you call a grandparent and they don't answer the phone and so you leave a message and you're like, Hey, um, I don't know what we're supposed to talk about, but like, 
I know you love me. (laughs) (laughs) It just felt like this awkward exchange, but I was, I was intentional about praying and praying. Like if you're real, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, like show me, like I will, I'm, I'm ready to receive this. So I prayed that for a long time. And that's the other thing about prayer is, and the Bible says that this, that it's not about pray once and get your answer. This is not a genie in a bottle situation. And if it, if I had prayed one time, please reveal yourself to me. And then I had the experience I'm going to tell you about. I would be, I would not necessarily be certain that the one time I prayed and this one experience were related. But if I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and then I had a very specific answer to that prayer that's when you connect. That's when your faith is grown. That's when you're like, okay, now I know for sure. So I had been praying for a long while about like, just show me, like reveal yourself. And I was in, my husband was a firefighter at the time. And so he was on shift and I was home alone. I was folding laundry and very pregnant, like eight and a half months pregnant. And I'm praying in my, you know, just folding laundry and just praying in my head of like, just filling the space, you know, I'm alone in my house. And I ha- I just had this encounter where all of a sudden I was overwhelmed with this, this feeling of God just being in the room. I did not see him with my eyes. I did not hear him with my ears, but I knew, like I knew, like I knew this is you. And I was immediately like emotional, you know, it was just an, an encounter that like, I actually was like, I'm getting on my knees right now. Like, this is real. So real. I'm on my knees. And I was just like, okay, I believe, I believe that you are real. I believe that you have answered my prayers. I don't have all the answers to my questions (laughs) still, still today as a 39 year old, I still don't have all the answers to my questions, but I am, I am willing to give this over to you. And it had a lot to do also with being pregnant which I don't think is an accident that God allows us to be creators, you know, like that we actually get to create life the way that he does, because I can experience that same unconditional obsessive love, right. For my child, even before I was, had the baby in my arms and I actually didn't know the gender. We didn't find out the gender. So I knew very little about this child, but I knew that I loved this child. And I knew as soon as this baby's outside of my body, it's going to do things I don't want. It's going to cry when I don't want it to cry. It's going to argue with me. It's going to have opinions. It's going to rebel against my discipline. It's, it could someday, this child could leave my home and never talk to me again And I would have no control over that. And I realized that's exactly how you feel, Lord, that you love us. You'll never stop, but we have all the choice to leave and never talk to you again, to rebel, to shut ourselves off to you, to argue with you, to be teenagers. Right. And, uh, it, it all just became so clear to me in that moment. And I, I knew I cannot raise this child the way that like in the flesh, because I have lived in the flesh and to the point of your podcast here, I was full of holes, just absolutely broken before I met my husband. And, and, you know, through this journey of healing, finding the Lord, man, we're talking sexual trauma, emotional trauma, physical trauma, like every kind of trauma, because there was, I had no guiding principles. I had no foundations. I had no values. I did not know who I was. 
all the things that, you know, Christianity gives you, I didn't have any of those, any of those things. So I was a very, very broken, broken person. And I'm like, obviously I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it right. right. So if you have a better way, please, <laughs> I'm down. I'm totally down for your better way. So that was kind of this encounter I experienced in, in the midst of my laundry. Powerful. I mean, just so amazing in, in many ways. Um, something that I want to just uh, take some time and, um, and kind of delve into was the fact you said in the beginning, you said, you know, your, I think your grandmother or mm -hmm. your maternal grandmother, you said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, your grandmother, she was, she was like the rock of the family and then your mother and then, you know, and, and they believed a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, that's very, it's very powerful because what I've just come, one of the things that I've come to learn about, you know, about the grace of the Lord is that, you know, it's like when, when you encounter him, right. Or when he encounters you, whatever way you want to say it, it's like, um, you know, it's like he, he shows you, he shows you the lies you live, you lived under. Right. Yeah. Right. He shows you the lies. He shows you, you know, um, just the other voices that you listen to and, mm -hmm. and not the right voice and, and kind of where you went wrong. And so there's a, there's a point and there's like a process where you have to, you know, I'm sorry, where you have to, um, kind of like, um, get out from under, you know, like your upbringing, get out from under your environment, get out from under, you know, all the lies and different things that you lived under for so long. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so that's an important, um, component of it. Um, you know, that's, that's that healing process, you know, yeah. like your, your mind has to get reprogrammed, you know, mm -hmm. cause you were mm -hmm. trained and brought up a certain way. And now, you know, grace, you encounter grace and then you're, the hardware of your mind has to get reprogrammed and, yes. you know, you know, and you're redeemed out of the lies. So, um, I, I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit and just share, I guess, um, how, how hard was that for you? How easy was it for you? Do you still have a relationship with your mother now? Mm -hmm. What's the extent of that? And talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, I do have a great relationship with my mother now. I, I would say that we had a patch of challenge. <laughs> my mother and I, we were, I was very codependent, generally speaking, in my life, codependent with and on her. Then I was codependent with my husband, um, other relationships in there as well. So I had to go through a process of breaking off from that and setting boundaries around that, which allowed for a challenging season. But now we're on this side where she is very, she has been on a journey herself. I would not say oh, she is a believer. <laughs> she's not a believer yet, but my that's good that she's on a journey. She is so on the journey. And I mean, my husband and I are like, can you believe she said that? Can you believe she texts that? Like, she's just, she's getting there. She's getting there. So that's praise God. My sister is saved. My cousin oh. is saved. Who's like a brother to me. So that's all redemption. And this whole, and that my generation of our family is entirely redeemed, which is like wow. wild, totally wow. wild. Praise um, 
but yeah, I, I, I think that to, you know, this is the walking out of, of the Christian faith is, is knowing I have the grace that they, they also have access to, but don't yet have it. So I don't, that doesn't give me permission to judge them or if anything, and I don't, I wouldn't even say pity. If anything, I'm just like waiting for like, oh man, once this door opens for you, like all of this will be different. And one thing my husband did is whenever I would struggle, cause I struggled with a lot of anxiety and depression, he would just speak the truth of God over me, knowing that was not what I believed, but it was the truth. And so, you know, I will tell my mom, like when she's struggling in her relationship or whatever, I'll just speak like, well, the Lord says this and and God designed us for this. Mm. I will speak it to her because it is the truth. I know that's not where she's at, but she's receiving it slowly, but, you know, slowly, but surely. And it's not about like, let me send you 16 scriptures that you can read because she doesn't have context for scripture. That's not how you can evangelize a non-believer. You have to speak the truth in your experience mm. as and how it, it applies to their experience what is the truth you know and this is the you know um my biggest calling to christians is if you're not in the word you don't know the word to say the word that's right you got you and again i'm not great at in verse six of roman like i can't cite it always but right. i know the word it's in me so when i'm like oh Mark did this, you know, this is the story that comes to mind when I'm trying to give you an example of yeah. what I'm sharing with you, you know, like it's in my brain because I read it every day because I'm in it all the time. I'm yeah. studying it all the time. So that has served me in walking forward as a believer alongside unbelievers that were in my family before. And to see the fruit of, of salvation in my family is really remarkable, but I know that God's just getting started there. You know, that Amazing. there's so much more to come. Amazing. Yes, 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 indeed. Um, oh my goodness. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to like, uh, <laughs> take in and unpack everything you just said. It was beautiful. Um, so talk about a little bit and where, we're kind of running out of time a little bit, but um, talk for a second very quickly um, because I keep on, um, you know, being reminded of how how your husband, like how the Lord used your husband and mm-hmm. how he evangelized you, you know, correctly and gracefully because, you know, nowadays people think that you, you know, like you said, you have to quote 16 scriptures and believe in this and mm-hmm. he, he's real it's like no so just talk about how the lord used him and and because it sounds like he using you in that same capacity yeah. like true yeah. evangelism this is how you talk to people this is how you share the gospel with people so talk a little bit about that very quickly yeah i i I'm glad you asked that question because i think a lot of christians lead with the consequences of sin which is a fear gospel. And that's the only gospel I was ever exposed to before the true gospel of love. (laughs) Yes. Um, And that's not the way, I mean, I, it's not that I won't speak the truth of, of, you know, there, there are consequences. Hell is real. You know, there are consequences of, of not coming to the Lord in, in your life. Like for sure. I will never lead with that. I'm never going to be like, mom, get it together or you're going to hell. Like, 
Oh, no, that's just does not work, folks. And my my husband was really careful when I would say, do you think I'm going to hell, which I would ask him that directly, regularly, to be mean, I was being mean, because I wanted him to say a mean thing, so that I could be, you know, then I could be mad at him or whatever. I don't know what I was doing. I was being terrible. And he would always kind of laugh and say, I hope you're not going to hell, but I don't get to choose. I'm not up. That's not my decision. And that would be that. Like, he would never be like, yes, you're going to hell because of what you believe. Like, he just would never say that. Wow. He just, you know, that be very careful about that. But he would ask me questions and Jesus asked questions. That's a great model to follow. He asked me, what if you're wrong? Which is the title of my book. What if you're wrong about this? Let me respond to that. Why don't you think you could have been created? That was a huge question because then I had to go, well, because my mom and grandma don't think that. And my, I learned in school that, you know, I was just like, these are stupid reasons. These are not reasons that mean I'm right. These are just reasons why I believe that they're not revelation of truth. So that was a great question. Why do you think you could not have been created? Um, what do you believe about the big bang? explain the big bang to me. And then I tried and I was like, this is really dumb. Also, you know, like as I was trying <laughs> to articulate, he just asked me, he put the burden on me to explain my own beliefs. Wow. And oh man, that was such a revelation for me that I don't even know. I don't even know. Wow. And then I would get defensive. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I know I'm only getting defensive because I don't know, because now I'm trying to throw you off because now oh. I'm getting all like, you know, so he was just, he asked a lot of questions and he also allowed me to be the one to come into the conversation. He knew it was going to take time. He was not in a hurry. And uh, you know, I, I was, it took years. It did. It, it took years. So you've just got to be patient. You've just got to approach with a heart to hear and listen and not tell. Don't be the teller, be the listener. Wow. That's true communication, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not always just talking and telling, it's listening and allowing, right? Absolutely. Oh, powerful stuff. Okay, we're we're running out of time. I don't want to keep you any longer. Just share very quickly any last second thoughts for the listeners, something that you might want to say to, to end the conversation. Yeah, just the truth is real. It is there and it's an anchor point and we should all be re-engaging with it as frequently as possible because the world is full of deception, especially right now. So pray and get in the word and don't, don't underestimate the power of prayer. Powerful. Wendy, thank you so much for your time, for your testimony, for your wisdom, for your love. We thank you. I'm looking forward to um, connecting with you more in the future and seeing what the Lord will do in your life. So my pleasure. All right. That's holds the whole. Thank you for tuning in. We love you.